On today's episode, we talk to Andrea Cox, a licensed pre-planning funeral consultant. She's also one of our favorite and longest members on our Let's Talk About Death Clubhouse Room. That is an app for any of you who don't know what it is. So let's get into the episode. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Welcome back to Welcome back to the old Let's Talk About Death. Today, we have a special guest. We got Andrea Cox on today. Um, she comes all the way from Canada to talk to us today. So, Dr. Nick, isn't that pretty cool? It is really cool. She's, a, she's across the sea. Uh, Andrea, go ahead and say hi to the listeners out there. Hello, everyone. Well, thank you, Andrea. That was a great hello. Um First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about why Andrea is on the show today. Uh, Let's Talk About Death has our own uh, room and clubhouse every Thursday nights uh, from 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. And Andrea is one of our favorite, 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 favorite clubhouse members. She comes on (gasps) quite often. I didn't know that. And she comes on very often and she has some really good input. Um, So that's why we have you on the show today. So, Andrea, first of all, you you know a little a thing or two about death as well, uh, being a uh, pre planner, correct? Is that is that correct. correct? Am I saying that right? Yes. Go ahead you and are. actually give us your official title and a little bit about yourself that maybe we didn't kind of go over. Thank you guys for having me. I just love partnering with people that are in this death and dying industry because I believe that when we come together we can move mountains. So this is awesome. Thank you. So I am a licensed funeral pre-planner out here in Canada. So I'm licensed in Alberta and in BC. So I pretty much set up pre-paid funeral and memorial packages um, with the various funeral homes with families who want to put in place their final arrangements before they pass away. So as you guys know, with your experience, it's a night and day when this is done ahead of time, as opposed to when someone passes away and the chaos and the confusion and the family breakdowns and the list kind of goes on. So that is what I do. And I also like you guys have a room in Clubhouse and it's just educating, right? I just do as much as I can, just educating people on the topic of dying. Because it's going to happen to one out of one of us. It's not an if, it is a when. So thank you for having me. Well, Andrea, there's nothing sexier than pre-planning your funeral. That's for sure. Um, I've been, we've been, we've been preaching it for a while. It makes the arrangement and the funeral or uh, memorial so much easier on the family when they can actually have everything written down one way or another, whether uh, money is involved or not. So thank you. And explain a little bit about Canada. Did you, do you find Canada a little different with the way they pre-plan? I'm not sure if you know a lot about the states, but what are your uh, what are your obstacles, or what 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 do you find when pre planning in Canada? Um, I think the most difficult part, and I think we're going to all say this, is that people don't think they're going to die, right? And they don't want to talk about it. So it's such a taboo topic. So at the end of the day, I think it's difficult. It is difficult because although um, we actually run webinars once or twice a month, 
And although we're getting the numbers out um, from time to time with people coming to understand the importance of, you know, pre-planning, having that conversation with your loved ones as to what your final wishes are in regards to even having a will, right? They're coming out, but they're not actioning it, which is why I'm actually writing a book. But that's another story. But um, it is difficult. It is a difficult position to be in for sure. Let me ask you this, just just for listeners out there, what what it's, it's a licensed pre-planning consultant. What do you have to do to get that license? Right. So um, I hold two licenses here in Canada. So I hold one with the insurance council. So um, it's just taking a um, taking a course and then taking the license, I guess. And then the same, I have another one with the, the Alberta Funeral Board, and that's my pre-need license. And it's the same thing. It's a course, and then you take the license. So, yeah, that's what okay. that is. So, so with, the, um, with the one with the Alberta Funeral Board, um, there's different modules that, that I do, the, the, the theory side and the practical side. And trust me, I wasn't planning on doing that course. And I've learned a lot on that other side that you guys do. I lift my hands to all of you guys. I've done it. I don't want to go through it again. But wow, it's um, it's a learning experience for sure. I got a question for Ben. My understanding of the United States when it comes to pre-planning, that has to be done through a licensed funeral director, correct? Not, necess- not necessarily, actually, because um, you can go through an insurance agent, too, on some things. Funeral professionals tend to know more about the subject because, like Andrea was saying, people don't want to talk about death. So when it comes to actually pl- pre-planning your funeral, most individuals will go to a funeral home just because they know they have the knowledge. Now, do you, do you in the United States as a funeral professional, do you have to get a license in pre-planning? No, but if you do anything with insurance, you will have to become an insurance agent. Um, in, our, in, in my personal, I am not an insurance agent. I do pre-needs through uh, other uh, third parties. So I actually don't hold the insurance um, and we do irrevocable trusts. So it has nothing to do with insurance policies. Does that answer your question, Doctor? Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm trying to clarify for all of our listeners out there, what is the difference between her pre-planning consultant uh, license versus like a funeral director? Like what is, I guess, in your guys' opinion, maybe you guys got to go back and forth a little bit. What is the difference between you two? Yeah, that is, but that's, that is such a good question because at the end of the day, um, here in Canada, we have pre-needs workers who are in the funeral home. And the difference that I've noticed is that if someone wants to get a pre-need done, they would go to the funeral home and they would work with, say, a pre-need um, specialist within the funeral home. And here in Canada, 95% of the of the funeral homes work with an insurance company called Assurance Life of Canada, and they hold the funeral, um, the pre-need policies. So what ends, ends up happening is that when someone does a funeral pre-need, the funeral home is the beneficiary, and then Assurance Life of Canada pays a funeral home within one to two business days. So I represent the, um, the insurance company. So although I work with various funeral homes, it's like I have to find my own 
clients. Does that make sense? So that's the difference. So I am licensed. And because I hold my license with the Alberta Insurance Council, um, like here in Canada, funeral homes are not, if you're not licensed with the Alberta Insurance Council, you cannot put on your funeral contract a cash disbursement. So what I mean by the cash disbursements are the costs, the third-party costs that the funeral home cannot lock in and the contract for your pre-need. So I'm able to do that for those in the funeral home because I'm licensed with the Alberta Insurance Council. So are you actually doing a guaranteed contract then when you do when when these families come in and they they pick out everything, right? They pick out their Correct. services, they picked out the thing. Are you guaranteeing that that is gonna, that is going to stay the same? Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Because yes. you're absolutely right because here in the states there's things that we don't know. Like we don't know if the obituary in the local paper is going to go up 200 300 bucks right. by the end of Right. But you're saying because you are an actual agent of insurance agent in theory, correct? That that is correct, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can actually guarantee that no matter what the the cost changes by that time, that family will be taken care of for everything. On, or no? On the funeral home side, yes. Okay. But the so, cash disbursement can be there to cover those third party expenses. So, like for the obituaries, for catering. Um, the funeral home that I work with here, they have a family, um, they, they have a, a flower shop. So we can lock in those rates. Um, we like we we cannot lock in the cemetery bill. We right. don't lock that in. Like, you know what right. I mean? So we are so when I sit with a family, I do, depending on the funeral home, I either do one or two forms for the funeral home. And then I do the one form for Assurance Life of Canada that is guaranteeing the funeral home. I see what you're saying. And that's and that's what we do too. We actually set up right. two contracts. One is a guaranteed, the funeral home's prices, the casket, the services, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then we have one, which is the cash advance items because we don't know what they're going to be. So we put the maximum in there so that when that day comes, the family most likely will have everything taken care of. So that, right. that sounds very similar. Right. What you're saying is very similar to that. Now, when you when you meet meet these families, do you meet them at the funeral homes themselves, or do you meet them in your own like office? It depends. It's what they want. So it could either be at the funeral home. I do now a lot of zooms. I could go to their homes. So it's really up to them. When you when you meet with a lot of families, are they um, most of the time are they looking for more of a cons- consultation, or are they actually ready to put the funds down? In your experience. I do a lot of the consultations, um, and then I also do the actual program. But I would say based on, if I want to do a ratio on those that actually get the contract signed, it's quite low, and I find it doesn't happen right away. So it takes time, which is why I'm branching into um, doing other services just to be able to, you know, get kind of things going. Which is also why I'm writing the book because people don't want to, right? They feel like if they do this, they're going to die. Just like if they do their wills, you know, it means that they're going to die. So they don't want to, right? But that's so far from the truth. <laughs> don't walk, don't walk under a ladder. Don't see a black oh, cat. Gosh. Don't sign your will, oh, right? I mean, gosh. that's the reality. Andrea, are you right. saying people don't want to talk about death? Is that what you're no. saying? Okay, no. so I got, I, let me let me ask you this question, and and, and this is uh, for both Benny and Andrea. I know we've talked about this on Clubhouse a lot, but for the people that don't hear us on Clubhouse, 
Why is it so important for pre-planning? Just like a quick synopsis between you two. Andrea, you're the guest, so you go first. You want me to go first? The importance, one, of pre-planning is that we are able to do what our loved ones want. That is one. We are taking away that that stress. Like, you know, when someone passes away, they are um, at the hospital. The first question is going to be what funeral home, right? So we're taking away all of that work. Like, you know, if it's someone that's like a caregiver, let's say, and they've been with that loved one for however long, they're now on burnout, right? So, you know, just doing as much as you can, because at the end of the day, death is going to happen. So you just want to be able to take that stress and that burden away from your loved ones during that difficult time. So that would be one of the biggest reasons why pre-planning is so important. And another reason is to lock in today's prices, right? So, um, you know, um, what, what I call her grandma, she she passed away last October. And when she bought her plot for um, at the cemetery, she paid almost $500. And now that same plot is over five grand. So it's it's locking in today's dollars. That's an awesome answer, Andrea. And I 100% I'm just going to piggyback on that. Uh, I think the most important reason for pre-need is so the family can actually grieve. Uh That's one big thing, one less burden, which is a ton if you don't, because I'm on the opposite side of this. I see the families that don't do pre-need. And I'm I'm talking the the worst case scenarios of telling one kid they want to be cremated and another kid they want to be buried. So now there's extra stress. So uh-huh. are we doing everything right or wrong? Right, especially in the in the times of a lot of the time their 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 parents or their loved one is not sane of mind anymore. So now they don't even have the opportunity to have known what they wanted. Um, so. What I find is the families that do do pre-need, A, they don't have to worry about the monetary side, which is incredible. B, they did, they can actually experience the funeral slash memorial service, right? So, Dr. Oh. Nick, you and I say it all the time that the most important thing and the value in a funeral is so that the family can actually grieve, right? Mm-hmm. So, if a family has the opportunity to come into a funeral home or go into a church or go into the pavilion at their local town, whatever, whatever they're doing for their service and actually be able to be present and be able to go through their grieving journey. How do you like that, Dr. Nick? That was pretty sexy, wasn't it? I mean, it's a par at best, I feel like, but <laughs> I, I would say that's the reason for preening, right? So, so another, you know, the thing, <clears throat> Andrea, since we have you on the show, a lot of our listeners know why Ben and I are in the, you know, the end of life work, the the death work, if you will. What brought you here? I mean, what's your story? Wow, what is a good question. So, my background is actually in HR. I did, you know, staffing for years. Um, I got laid off, and I started working with a unionized insurance company, and I was going to union members' homes to explain to them their permanent benefits, and. While I was going to the homes, I'd always ask the questions, do you have a will? Do you, do you have a will? And people would tell me no. And there was this one couple, I went to their home and they told me yes. And I was really like, really, you guys have a will? Because no one says yes, right? So when I asked them that question, they told me that the reason why they have a will is because they, the, a close family friend died from um, domestic violence. And when they went to the funeral, the children were there with social services. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing that got my mind kind of thinking. 
And then I went to this other gentleman's home. He was from Nigeria and I was telling him about the funeral package. So what I was doing um, was I was enrolling them into permanent benefits. One was a funeral coverage. And this guy told me straight that he didn't need it because he was not going to die. Yikes. And he was serious as a heart attack. And that's when I thought, oh my God, there's a big No pun intended, right? (laughs) Right? He was as serious as a heart attack. Wow. Good for so, him, you know? Sorry, sorry, Andrea, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, it's okay. So it's part of my problem, me, Andrea. I just, <laughs> I just realized that there is a problem and, you know, we need to start talking about this. And that's pretty much how I started what I do. So, well, w- welcome to the crew. We, we love you. I hope you're, you keep continuing doing the great work you do out there. Now, last thing we want to talk about before we get into Q&As is, is Clubhouse, right? Why do you like Clubhouse so much? Why do you, why do you enjoy it? Do you know what, you guys? Seriously, I find that Clubhouse, I have found my tribe. You know, doing the work I do, it is very difficult. And, you know, being able to go into rooms that people understand, it's a part of the relief that, wow, you know what I mean? People get it, right? So you go into a room of people who want to be there. You know, doing what I do, there's times that, you know, I could be in a room with 70 people. I could be in a room with one. And, um, you know, it's just nice that you're able to partner with people to just help people understand the why behind what we do. And they get it. That's the biggest part. They get it. I'm not like knocking my head against the wall because you know, at the end of the day, let's be real. If you haven't experienced a death and you, and if you don't know what it's like to you, it feels like you're not here for me because I don't need your service. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to talk about it. They just want to continue to Hey, that just happens. That happen. just happens in Canada, right? We're in the United yeah, States. We're yeah. safe, right? We live forever, right? Oh, we don't absolutely. Have to, don't have we to love about to talk Canada about death here death in America. Here, you know, so <laughs> the taboo. No, I'm one hundred percent with you. There is definitely a a, uh, a wall, if you will, between us and most people. Uh-huh. So, with that being said, let's get to some questions. What do you think? Q and A's, those Q and A's. We gotta get me those Q and A's. Okay, I'll start the first one here. Andrea, what is one of the hardest parts of working around death? Death. The hardest part. There's so much that's difficult, but I think the hardest part is just helping people realize that death is going to happen to all of us, one out of one of us. So let's put a plan in place. So it's just getting to people understanding that. It is going to happen. That's the hardest part. Dr. Nick, what is the hardest part of working around death? You know, as, as much as, as I, I believe that I've become a little bit callous towards death, I do think as I work more and more and work deeper and deeper as a psychologist with people who are grieving, there's a lot of things that I still haven't touched about death with myself. Um, mm. And I, I think that's the I think that's the hardest part of being a clinician, a, a psychologist in general, is is that when you talk to people after people after people, there is going to be some triggers that come up. And I think for a lot of it, you know, like I said, there is a callus that I, I built around death, but there is some things that still kind of puncture the skin, if you will, a little bit. Ooh. So I think that's the I would say that's the the hardest part is is being hit with something that you're just not prepared for that you maybe have not personally dealt with yet. So I would say that's my hardest challenge. I think my hardest part of working around death real quick is the helplessness at times, especially when it comes to the death of a child. 
uh, or the death of something that's so innocent and there's no reasoning for it other than some answers upstairs that eventually we'll all get, hopefully. So that that would be my hardest. Dr. Nick, you want to take on the next? Uh, well, you know, Q? Ben, I'm glad you told me about your hardest. Um, let's go to question to the heart in your two Question two. What are the most... Let's start with Benny on this one. What are the most common ways of grieving that you guys have noticed? Question. That's uh, part A of question one. And then the part B is, and the most unusual ways. So I need to know the most common ways and the most unusual ways that you guys have noticed how people deal with grief. Let's let's talk about the five stages again of uh, uh, death and dying, which is mostly uh, Kubler-Ross brought in for actual dying patients, and that's uh, dabbed uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I would say the most that I'm seeing. Now realize I'm seeing most families within the first week of the death. The death itself the first week. What I'm seeing most of the time, I don't really see the bargaining side as much, but I do see anger a lot. I see anger a lot. Uh Um, And I do see depression a lot. Um, I would say, honestly, and I know this sounds, I do see acceptance. I do see acceptance a lot, but I do deal with anger probably more than I should. And I think a lot of that has to do with, oh, Nick, what's what's, what's our podcast called? Um, let's talk about death, I right. think. And the problem is people haven't talked about death and they haven't uh, talked about death with their family, their loved ones. They haven't had a pre-need, Andrea. Let's talk about that. And that's where I think a lot of the anger comes from. The anger is actually coming from a lot of things that have nothing to do with the death, if you actually look into it. So those are the things that I see. Now, Andrea, what are the oh, and most unusual and most unusual ways, unusual ways. I'll have to think about that. Andrea, first start with the common ways of grieving that you see when it comes to pre-need setup. Why is this question so hard, guys? Um, well, we don't ask the easy ones. Like, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do have a doctor on the board, Dr. Nick on the board. Okay, so, and and as you guys know, I more deal with people beforehand, right? So... This is right. why this is more difficult for me. Well, anticipatory um, grief can be really tough yeah, too. I mean, that, the, go from that. Go from that lens. You know, like what? What do you see? What do you normally see when people are, are talking or thinking about either their own death or someone else's? Well, I think overall, it's just the fear of death overall. So they just want to ignore it. Ben and I have always kind of felt like we're we're the representation of the grim reaper in the room, if you will. And I wonder, do you get that experience, too, with what you do? Do you feel like people are like, oh, no, she's here. All right, guys. <laughs> you know, get, get all ready. Buckle up. Time. All the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Sorry, guys. I'm going to go into a story. So, unfortunately, we had a young boy pass away. Um, this is the first time that I started to do, because um, if it's a family that I know, I will do the funeral. I'll help with that, right? And, um when people walked in, cause I was at the door to greet them and they literally walked by me like I was nobody. And these guys know who I am. Right. So yeah, people, and you guys probably noticed this when you post on Facebook or on Instagram, how you will post and no one will. It's very rarely that someone does a like or something, but yet you put on your own personal pictures and you have all these likes all over the place. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, and that's that part that, is hard. That's an interesting thing because I do, 
the more I get into the profession that I'm in, I'm realizing that those people do like the comments. They just, they're afraid to admit that they like the comments, yes. right? Because they're afraid yes. to, admit, because they don't want to be the creep. So we will take on those extra burdens, right? We'll put it on our shoulders that we're the creepy ones uh, out there talking about death, um, which, you know, would be awesome someday if we actually became the norm, right? Wouldn't it be awkward Can't if wait. we were actually, talk, let's talk, Can't there's a wait. show about, let's talk about living instead of us talking about death. <laughs> Everyone's talking about death. everybody's talking yeah. about death, you know. No, then we wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't we, they wouldn't need us anymore, right? We'd just be out of <laughs> out of occupations, probably. Because um, I, I find Andrea and I, I think you said it earlier, and I, I think you nailed it. And Dr. Nick would agree. I think the main focus of what we do is on educating, right? Uh-huh, because the more uh-huh. we can educate, the more of understanding there is, and the the sting or what did you say? The abrasion? Did you say? I don't know, but let's go with it. Let's go with it. That's right, what let me, educate, let me, educate. Let me, educate. Let me step into this question because I, I think step I, into it, Nick. So it's it's funny. It's funny if you think about us three, Ben, um, Andrea, and I. Andrea helps the people before the death. Ben helps the people during the exact moment of the death, and then I come in and, and clean up the mess. Um, oh my god! You know, and, and and the reality is, is is that's I think that's the best word to say about grieving. It, it's a mess. You know, it's all over the place. It's right. it's it's not it, it's not fluid, right? It, it's it's all over the place. It's I always call it like the you know the storm of grief, right? You have like the this crazy thunder and lightning and then you get a little bit of calm and then you get thunder and lightning and then maybe you got some abrasive there you go there's your yeah, word abrasive right there um, a little you know, rain or whatever and then again you get maybe a week without it you right? get the rainbow and and i think that's the best way you know when it says to the common ways of grieving ben is absolutely right i think one of the easiest things you'll see a lot of people with is is anger but we all know clinically right anger is depression turned outwards Right. So if you really want to put it that way, technically, anger is just a form of depression and it's a form of grief. Right. So and if you look at men, too, we all know that. Right. Men can't show crying because that that's a weakness. So how can they show it? Well, beating the hell out of a wall or running around screaming at people. That's, that's It's acceptable, unfortunately. But that's the reality. The most unusual way I've seen it. I have actually had clients who still to this day, and I mean, it's the death probably has happened three, four, maybe seven years ago, still have not accepted it happened. I would say that's the unusual ones, the ones Mm -hmm. that are just so in shock or um, it's so painful that they just cannot go there. So it's like they talk about and they do everything they possibly can to actually avoid talking about the death again it's the whole reason why we have the podcast let's talk about death is because everybody tends to avoid talking about death and when you lose a loved one and especially someone that you truly loved you know our dad said it best the the more you love someone the more you're going to be hurt when they're gone well i just would like to thank you andrea for being a guest today thank you so much um just like we said earlier we have a clubhouse every thursday night on at from 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. And the room is called Let's Talk About Death. Feel free, everybody out there, to send us questions on let's talk about deathpod at gmail.com. Please share us with your friends. Spread the word about our mission. Let's talk about death. Let's get some pre-needs set up, right, Andrea? Let's get those yes. set up. If you like us, review us. Um, check out Andrea, and especially if you're in Canada, if you're uh, uh, north of the border, check her out. I'm sure she can answer any questions about pre-needs or um, about the funeral or memorial service, anything that you need. 
how to get money set up, all that jazz. Andrew, before we wrap up, is there a, a good place for, for our listeners to get a hold of you? Yeah, probably my Instagram handle. So Andrea underscore 9474. Or I'm on Facebook. Also, Andrea Cox. Oh, and also you did mention your clubhouse as well. Do you want to tell when you do that? Tuesdays, you said, I think. Yeah. So right now it's just the third Monday of every month. So, and that is at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Andrea, I'm sure you know this because if you're not talking about death, you're not living. Thank you guys for listening and then come on back. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, guys. This was great. Thanks.